0: Welcome
1: to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. I'm happy to have you here today. Today, my interview is with Lisa Anderson. Uh, Lisa is a mom who believes in positive parenting, and she started an Instagram account a few years ago uh, that you may recognize her from called Thriving Motherhood. And on this account, she talks about helping moms to find purpose in motherhood. And she's also the mother of four children. And I'm really excited to talk to her about her motherhood story today and to dive in more. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you. Okay, so just to start off, just tell us a little bit about your family. What makes you unique? What do you like?
0: What do you guys like to do? Okay, well, we have three boys and one little girl, and our little girl is the baby, and so she is definitely the princess. And <laughs> she will tell you that. She, I say, are you a little girl? And she says, No, I'm a princess. That's awesome. And my boys adore her and dote on her. So we've got, we're going to have our hands full, I think, when she's a teenager. Um. But, and because we have boys, we're just a very active family. We love to be outside and hiking and throwing the ball around and, um, you know, riding scooters and bikes and things. Um, we currently live in Los Angeles, California, just about 20 minutes North of LA. And we've lived here for about a year. Um, we've moved around quite a bit for our young family. This is our, um, I guess, third, fourth big move since we've been a family and, um, so we're just adjusting and that's it <laughs> okay well
1: yeah the movie part I, 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 wanna, I hope we can talk about that a little bit more in the interview um, and it, it's fun to have an active family and I can say that youngest child like my youngest is a girl too and she's not the only girl but she's the princess so yeah <laughs> and she kind of knows it so
0: <laughs> I know I mean you can't what are you gonna do like you can't help it it just happens
1: Yes, it, it does. There's something about that youngest child. So, okay. Well, Lisa, uh, what do you love about being a mom? What's your favorite part?
0: Well, it's evolving, of course. So my number one initial thought is I just love being needed by my kids. And I love being the one that makes them feel better. Like if they're crying, they want mom. And as soon as I hold them, it helps them calm down. And I love that they look for me in a crowd and they run to me and they give me hugs. I just, I love that because it just makes me feel just needed which is an amazing feeling. And as my kids get older, I've also realized that I love watching the people that my kids are growing into. My oldest son is almost 11, and it's just really cool to see the character he's building and the person he's becoming, all of my kids, but especially him because I'm seeing it the most. And and not only that is when when I watch him and I think I made him. <laughs> like yes. he's here because of me. It's pretty it's pretty fulfilling, I think, to to think that.
1: Oh, I can totally relate to that. The the older your kids get, the more you start to see that. And my oldest is 18. Mm-hmm. And I I just love like like for instance, I just went to her last orchestra concert of high school. She's played in the orchestra since she was 4th grade. You uh-huh. know, it's really fun to see how she's grown, not only as a musician, but personally and the friends she made and all of that. It is so fun. That that's one of my favorite things too yeah. about motherhood. It-
0: and it kind of takes the sting out of them growing up, you know, because you get to watch watch that part too.
1: Yeah. And, and they're all different and it's really fun to see who are they going to be, you know, yep. what, are, what are they going to do? It's really great. I love that. Yep. Okay. So I mentioned in the beginning that you're a huge believer in positive parenting. So for someone that doesn't know exactly what that means, um, what does that look like for you? How would you define that? Sure.
0: So positive parenting, I would say just in a nutshell, is basically all the stuff that happens before your child misbehaves. So it means that you're doing all you can do to create an environment that will encourage your child to make good choices and to behave instead of just waiting for them to do something wrong and then pouncing. So it's just spending time, you know, making connections with them, building a relationship, um, just help giving them choices, helping them feel like you respect them. And then in return, I feel like your children will respect you if you give them that respect. So that's basically positive parenting in a nutshell to me.
1: So do you have an example of what that looks like for you, even just something small?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I, an example of positive, positive parenting, something that's really big in all of the books of positive and positive about positive parenting is just kind of like the connection time. So 10 minutes Mm -hmm. a day. So I have one child in particular who is more challenging than others and he's got a really big personality and he gets really angry And the other night he was just on a rampage and was just yelling at everybody and just kind of stomping around the house. And my initial, you know, my gut, because I feel like the natural instinct is to get mad and tell him to stop and yell. But I just thought, you know what, he doesn't need that. So I carried him into his room and I said, let's, I think you need a rest. Let's lay down. Can I read to you? Can I tickle your, can I tickle your back? And instantly he melted and was, was happy again. And he just needed like somebody to tell him that, you're okay. And I love you and it's going to be okay. And, you know, let me help you with these big emotions instead of getting angry with you and yelling at you. Cause that always just, that makes things so much worse. If our child is angry and we get angry at them, it just escalates everything. So positive parenting is kind of the opposite of that is let's love you. Let's connect. Let's spend time together. So you know that you're important.
1: It sounds like it's kind of starts more about changing you as the mom and not changing your kids, right? Like
0: absolutely putting off
1: the, the natural instinct of what you want to do, like yell or yes. And just come coming at the situation positively.
0: Yes, exactly. And I definitely would want I want to point out that I am not perfect at this. There's lots of times where I lose it and I don't hold it together. But the times when I do, I know it's a lot more effective. So
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, you can't get it
0: right all the time. <laughs> absolutely.
1: <laughs> I totally get that. Like we're not, we're not perfect, but I think, I think that's a big part of motherhood is just that we're trying and totally, you know, the fact that you're just even conscious of that, it makes a huge difference. It does. So you said at the beginning that your, your family's moved several times and, mm-hmm. and you your kids, you know, you've got little kids. Uh, you mentioned to me that your fourth grader has been in three different schools. So mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Um, what have been the hard parts about moving? You know, how has moving been a blessing to you and your family? Um, and
0: then, how have you seen your children grow? Oh, that's a good question. I'm so glad we're talking about it at this point. After we've been here a year, than, than rather about than about a, a year, year ago? ago, right? So you <laughs> yes. have some
1: perspective. You can look back yes, and see exactly. some things.
0: Oh yes, moving to me is so hard because I just I just love people and I get attached to the people that are around us and so it just breaks my heart every time we have to leave. But I'm learning we still are connected to those people but it's just hard to kind of move on and, and not be able to be in their lives all the time. That's definitely the hardest part. And then it's gotten even harder as my kids have gotten old enough to be affected as well and have that same thing happen to them. It just breaks my heart. But again, like I said, we've been... In this new area for a year, and it was a really it was a really hard move because we loved where we were. Um, we lived in Utah, and we we had been there three years, and my kids just loved it. We had a great neighborhood and great friends, and it was wonderful. But we felt prompted to come move here to LA, and it was it was hard. But now I see the blessings for our family that we've become closer as a family unit, and especially I see in the relationship in my kids they are so close to each other and they are buddies and they play together and they get excited to do things with each other because really there's not as many, you know, they don't get to go friends out in the street. Like they only have each other unless I plan something. So that's been an amazing blessing. And I can, I almost feel like, yes, that was worth it just for this growth and this relationship strengthening that we've had this last year.
1: Yeah. I'm it's, it's great to see your, your, Kids being friends with each other because mm-hmm. I know for me I want that when my kids are adults I want them to want to hang out together and yes. know, be together and it has to start you know right there in your home when they're young. Yeah. So so have you have you seen them grow from the challenge? How yes. Have you seen them become better people because of the move?
0: Yeah. Um. My my oldest one, of course, because he's the, he's the most effect, affected. Right. My I have one who's also in second grade, and he's just he struggled as well. But I feel like he's just—he's still a little bit young enough that he was more resilient. Um, but my older son, he really struggled, and you know, he kind of was bullied a little bit this year, and had a hard time and felt very lonely. But we had a lot of conversations, and one time he told me, he just said, you know, "I just said, can you think of any any good reason, anything that has been good about moving here?" And he said, "Well, I know that the scriptures tell me tell us that we're supposed to do hard things." So I guess that this is my hard thing that I need to do. Aww. And I just started crying. I said, oh, I just thought it was so sweet that he recognized that. And I said, yes. And and I've seen him grow in courage and in strength and, you know, just in trusting the Lord a little bit, which has been awesome to see. Oh, that's really good.
1: And, you know, it's a, it's good for our kids to do something that's difficult, I think. And, and it's good for them to do it now while they're under your wing and you can guide them and help them to make those connections. And because if we shield them from all that, then they get out in the world and you know, they're not going to know how to cope with that. So yeah, I I think it's really great. And it is, it is awesome to see your kids growing and learning from those experiences.
0: Yep. It's been good.
1: So another thing I wanted to talk to you about is you mentioned to me that one of the challenges that you faced in motherhood was feeling like motherhood wasn't enough and that you kind of needed something more and that you were comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Just those, all those feelings, which I mean, that's something that probably most moms can relate to. So I'd love to know, how did you combat those feelings? How did you find contentment in motherhood? What did that process look like for you?
0: Yeah. um, So a lot of the feelings became were there because of social media and seeing everything else. Everyone else was everything that everyone else was doing. And also I had a lot of friends who were involved in like little, little side businesses and MLMs and things like that. And I just thought, Oh, well maybe I should be doing more because Mm -hmm. you know, all these other people are. And so I just kind of felt this, this like tug at, Oh, I I've got to be doing more to be doing enough. You know, I'm not doing enough because I'm not doing more. And I just, after so so many conversations with other other friends and things like that, I just realized that there wasn't anything that was worth it to me that I was willing to sacrifice the time that I had with my kids. I I kind of made that my litmus test. Like, you know, if an opportunity came, a friend of mine wanted me to do this multi-level marketing thing with her, and she was doing amazingly well and, like, got a car and got all these things. Mm -hmm. And the allure of, like, the money and, and the stuff you know, was strong. I was like, "Ooh, that would be nice. But then I just thought about what that would, what the, that would require me to sacrifice. And I was not willing to do it. I just didn't care enough about what she was doing to sacrifice that for my kids. And so I think that's the same for all of us. You know, sometimes it, it the sacrifice is worth it. Like if you need to help bring money into your home, the sacrifice is worth it, you know? Um, or if it's a cause or something that's near and dear to your heart, then it is worth it. But if it's just something that you feel like you have to do because everyone else is, then that's not a, that's not a good reason. So I kind of came to that conclusion and that really helped me kind of settle those feelings for myself.
1: I I think that's great that you were able to make that connection. And I really want to point out that it's personal for everybody. So yes. we can't. Social media makes it so easy to get on there and say, oh, she's doing that. I should be doing that or, you know, whatever. And it's really a personal thing. And that's one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is just point out, you know, that we can have a relationship with God and he can help us to know what our personal thing is. Exactly. And maybe, and like you said, maybe it is having something on the side and, and doing that and maybe it's not, or maybe now is just not the time to do that. Yeah.
0: And that was the next point that I was going to make. And that was something that helped me as well and you probably can attest to this cuz your kids are older is the the thought that right now isn't forever. In that oh, moment yeah. I had all these little kids around me and I just felt look I got to do this now. I got to do it right now because I have to. But then I realized I'm like no slow down. Like just just take a breath. You can in a couple years, you know, when your kids are older it's going to be a lot easier to think about these things. And so I just made a list of things that were important to me and things that I loved and things that I felt like I was I had gifts and talents in and I made this the list and I just kept it in my journal and it felt so good to just make that list so that that was who I was outside of being a mother and it was there and it was always going to be there and then when the time was right I could come back to it and pull from that list and start you know doing things that I felt ready to do
1: oh I love that idea that's awesome I know I remember when when I had my first baby and, you know, you you just feel like this is going to be my life forever. Like mm-hmm. everything else I did before is over. I, I felt that way. And my husband and I have been talking recently about how, wow, like we're going to be done in a few years. <laughs> this part of our life is actually going to be over as far as, you know, we'll still be parents, but as far as kids in our home. And seasons change, things, things do happen. So I think it's great that you kept that perspective and writing those things down that, you know, who you are outside of motherhood. That's a great idea. That really is great.
0: Yeah. And and if you make a list like that too, when I made that list, I realized there's little things that I could do now in the stage of my life to prepare me for when my, my season will be different. So then I still felt like I was kind of developing myself and working on things, but it didn't have to all happen then at that moment which is also helpful.
1: That's really great pr- perspective. So I know you you mentioned that two years ago, you started Thriving Motherhood. So tell mm-hmm. us about that. What, what made that come about? Because this is kind of something outside of motherhood that you're doing, although you yes. are talking a lot about motherhood. So tell yeah. us how that came about. How did you feel like it was the right time to do that? You know, what was your purpose in doing it?
0: Yeah, um, so I, for, yeah, I guess for a long time, I felt this pull, I guess maybe this call to help encourage other mothers because I enjoyed it so much and I saw many people who didn't enjoy it and I thought I want to help them because I think it's something that you can work on and that you can develop and it's not just like a well I just don't you know and so I you know it just kind of simmered for a really long time I did power of mom stuff and I you know started multiple blogs back in the day when the blogs were the thing and I just couldn't it just never worked out it wasn't the right time and then about two years ago a friend of mine sent me an Instagram feed and it, of, of another friend and I just saw what she was doing and I thought, I could do this. Maybe this is the right format for me to, mm-hmm. to do because it's like, it's not a blog. It's like short and sweet and it's just a picture and a little bit of, you know, text, which all of us on social media know it's a lot more than that.
1: <laughs> I come <laughs> yes. to find
0: out. <laughs> but, you know, it just felt more manageable. And so I just started posting. And at the beginning, I started posting merely because it was a creative outlet for me. I knew I wanted to help mothers, but that was also kind of too big of a task to, like, take on at once for my brain. You know, I knew that Mm -hmm. it was something that was going to have to grow and build. So I just did it for me. And I just posted things that I thought about and things that I was doing with my kids. And it just was, like, a nice creative outlet. I'm not creative in any other way. I'm not artistic. I don't do home design. But for me... I feel like my creativ- creativity lies with things I think about. So it just was a great outlet for me. And then as I just persisted and kept going on, it's allowed me to do what I hoped to do 10 years ago, is encourage other mothers. And it's been a, a great blessing for me.
1: Oh, I think that's awesome. So how have you seen it help other mothers?
0: I, it, I've i just, I've gotten, you know, as as it's grown, it's taken me a really, really long time to grow it, which has been mm-hmm. great. It's been perfectly fine with me because of course, this, the stage of my motherhood. And I actually didn't add this. Something else that kind of prompted me to start it was I had had my last child and she was about like a little older than one. And I was coming out of that like baby fog. yeah. And I just was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I can do uh-huh. something else. Um, okay. So I just wanted to add that, but how, and so as it's grown, I have, I've, it's been really cool to see, just the comments on my feed and I've gotten messages from people saying thank you and just it's it's been really cool. And in fact my cousin, I had a I have a cousin who I'm really close to and she has told me she's struggled in motherhood. She's has a lot going on in her life and runs a business with her husband and she's expressed to me how much I've helped her, which I'm not taking any of the credit of course, but it just makes me feel grateful for the opportunity to share.
1: Yeah, that it's always it's good to know that you're helping someone, but it's also It's also great to know that you have that creative outlet and that I really like kind of backing up what you said, you know, you took a step, you thought, Oh, that might work for me. And you took a step and kind of figured out, is this going to work for me? And, and the answer was, yeah, this will work for me. I can do this. So I think that's a good, um, kind of if someone else is wanting to, to figure out what, is there something more I can do maybe they're feeling that calling, you know, what can I do? It's, it's great advice to just take a little step in that direction and see. You know, you don't have yeah. to totally commit or spend a bunch of money or, you know, do whatever. Just take a little yeah. step and, and dip your toe in and, and see, see if that will work. Well, I, I know that you're helping other mothers. Um, you just have such a positive, not only are you positive about parenting, but you're positive yourself and you you really are giving a lot of hope to other mothers. Um, I'd you. love to talk more about social media since that's the platform that you're on. You're on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, helping mothers. How do you think moms can, can use social media for for good? How how can social media help moms feel good about themselves and improve as mothers instead of falling into that pit of comparison and I'm not good mm-hmm. enough?
0: How can social yes. media do that? Yeah, I, I think it definitely can help mothers if you're deliberate about the, the feeds that you choose to follow. Yes. Um, You know, being on social media, I've kind of realized for myself, you know, before I, I started... Thriving Motherhood, I only followed people that I loved and my friends because that was just was all that I could handle. <laughs> but now being more involved in social media, I've started following other people and kind of branching out in the social media world. And I've realized that there truly are accounts that are um, intended to inspire and uplift and to help. So it, uh, be, uh, you can deliberately seek those accounts out. And I mean, I try to share as many as I can on my feed and I know those other uplifting feeds do the same thing. And if, if, if the, you're looking at an account and after you're done looking at it, you feel worse about your life or who you are, then that's not a good account to be following. Right. And immediately unfollow it until you can get to a place where you're like, you're not comparing your life to theirs. You know, because I feel like you can, you can look at other people's social media feeds without any effect on yourself. But that takes a lot of um, emotional work and thought work. And yes. It's hard. You know, just kind of judge. How does this make me feel? If it makes me feel good, keep following. If it doesn't, stop following. Even if it's my account. I've told pe- many yes. people, you stop following me if you don't like, you know, if you're, if I'm not making you feel uplifted. That's completely fine with me.
1: No, I totally agree with that. And i that's something I've done in the last few months is I like to think of it as curating my social media. I've gone mm-hmm. through, I have a personal Instagram account and I have my spiritually minded mom Instagram account. And I, I love what you said. If it doesn't inspire, uplift, or help me, then it's gone. You know, I've taken it away. And sometimes it's even, you know, those people are posting good things, but it's just not right for me. Yes, and exactly. So, so you absolutely have to go by your feelings and figure out what what is good for you. And I know I just recently I have seen so much good for moms on social media. I mean, there's just there's just a lot of really great things out there. But you're right; it's just figuring out what what works for for you and. Finding those inspiring accounts. Yep, they're there. They are. They definitely they are. are. And it, just having that willpower to say, nope, I'm not going to follow them, and, and yeah, m- move on. Make yep. make sure it's making you feel good. That's that's great advice. Okay, so another thing that you told me before our interview is that motherhood is a mental game, and yes. I I really want to talk to you about this. Okay, let's talk.
0: <laughs> okay, about so it.
1: what what does that mean to you? You know, um, how do our thoughts affect our motherhood?
0: Our thoughts. They dictate everything about motherhood because every thought that we have then dictates the way that we feel about whatever we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And then the way we feel about it dictates our actions. And so, you know, just generally speaking, this applies generally and specifically, but generally speaking, if you think that motherhood is awful and tiring and overwhelming, then that's how you're going to feel and that's how you're going to act. And that's how it will be for you. But if you think, okay, motherhood is a challenge, it, it makes me feel joy, you know, I got this, it's great, then that's how you're going to feel about it and that's how you're going to show up around your kids. And it just changes everything. And it's not as easy as that. I think, I think mm-hmm. your thoughts, sometimes we're, we're stuck in negative thought patterns without even realizing that we are. And because I think sometimes we just skip the thought. It's just like, well, I feel tired. I feel overwhelmed. But then you have to back it up and be like, okay, but what are you thinking to make you feel that way? So it's a process and it's something to learn and something I, I work personally with, um, Jodi Moore from better than happy. And she has made a huge difference in my life and really taught me these principles. I, it's something that I've always believed in and was raising, but I didn't know exactly how to do it or what it was. And then I started, um, learning from her and it's been really fantastic.
1: Yes, I, I was going to say, let's give a shout out to Jody Moore. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm part of her coaching program as well. And it really has made a difference for me, too. And not only in my own thoughts, but I've also used her principles to help my kids. My kids are teenage, mm-hmm. you know, some of my teenagers like, you know, it's so easy to have a negative thought about what's going on in your life. You know, oh, I hate this teacher or whatever. And I've had the opportunity to talk to my kids about about that. And in turn, that's helped me to solidify it for me, but it is, it's not easy. So what would you, what would you say to someone, a mom who's maybe having negative thoughts about motherhood? How can she turn that around? What would be your advice for the first step?
0: So the first step, I mean, if number one, you have to want to. And so if it's somebody who wants to, I like to just take some time to think about, think about whatever it is that you're feeling negative about. So If it's, you know, just generally in motherhood, I like to write down, okay, what am I, what do I think about motherhood right now? And, you know, what do I feel about it? What do I, you know, the model that Jody Moore takes us through is, um, circumstance. I probably, hopefully I'll get this right. You can help me. Circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. So I write that down and I write down all of those things. And then I also write down one right next to it. And I put, what do I want my thought? What do I wish my thought was? What do I want my Mm -hmm. thought to be? And then, um, or actually, what? No, what? Even better. What do I want my feeling to be? Okay. Well, then, what thought do I need to have right. to get that feeling? And then you just train yourself. So the the easiest example I like to give is like if milk spills, right? If milk spills all over the floor you just mopped, then a lot of moms just instantly feel angry and like frustrated and resentful because their kid just knocked it over. But you can just as easily have the thought, "Oh, it's okay. I can clean it up." And then yeah. you, you just feel nothing and it's just easy and it's so much better, but it takes time and practice. So you just have to get that thought that you want to replace and just practice and practice and practice until it becomes kind of second nature.
1: Yes. And I, o- I always think of Jody's the acronym for that, like you said, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, all of that is CTFAR. And when I'm talking to my kids about it, I'm in my brain going, okay, see, okay, that's circumstance T, yeah. uh, you know. Um and I love what you said about writing it down cuz that's helped me a lot just to actually sit and write it out. You know, if I'm frustrated yeah. by a situation, I can sit and write write everything out and and then I can think about like you said, what what is what is the feeling that I really want to have about this. Yeah. Um so I'll link in the show notes. So if people want to know more about about what Jody says about that, I'll link that up so people can look yeah. look up for that, but I know the it really it really just does start with wanting to do it and wanting to make that change. And, and, and you can figure that out. You can, you can definitely change that. Yep. You can love it. Okay. So Lisa, I wish we had tons more time to talk because (laughs) I think you have so many great things to share. And I know, I know what you're sharing and what you're doing on Instagram is going to help so many people already has. But the final question I always like to ask is how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood?
0: I love this question. I'm so excited to answer this question. Um, and I hope I can get through it without tears <laughs> because if any if you watch my stories, I feel like I cry in like half of them. Um, <laughs> but for me, I like to think of motherhood as it's a chance for me to understand a little bit more how God feels about me. See, I'm crying a little bit. <laughs> that's okay. Um, and so when I think about the way that I love my children and then I pull it back to think about that, that's how God loves me. It is just an enormous blessing. And I just think, Wow. What a, you know, what a privilege, number one, to have a father who loves me this much. And, and second, to be able to, that he gave me the opportunity to feel this kind of love. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. And it's something that I am grateful for every single day. And I also think, um, you know, because I know he's given me these children and they're his, I know that I can turn to him in prayer and say, okay, father, you know, this is your son. And I know you, you have, you, you have someone you want him to be. So help me, help me get him there. And I felt a lot of guidance and I've been able to see my kids in a whole nother light when I when I think of them that way. I've been entrusted by God to help them become the humans they're supposed to become and it's it's amazing. Oh, I love
1: that. That you know, you just you put that so beautifully and, and we do have guidance from him. We you know, they're his children. They're really not ours. They're his and so he wants us to be successful because he cares about them. And I love what you said that that it, your relationship it just helps you to know that he loves you. That That's my whole hope with this podcast is just to give people that message that Heavenly Father's there. And, you know, sometimes we don't always feel him the way that we think we should. But again, it goes back to what we talked about before. It's personal. Um, and it's just figuring out how he communicates with you and, and just trusting that he loves you. He loves your children. He knows them better than you know him. A great
0: thing to be a part of. It, defi- grateful.
1: it definitely is. Well, Lisa, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks again.